Hello and welcome to The Naked Scarf. I'm Adam. And I'm Andy. And in this episode we're going to be looking at Mark of the Rani. So, Andy, take it away. Well, okay, for my little plot synopsis, uh, I've actually had a bit of a mini-argument with Adam about this because I wanted to sum it up by saying it's a big pile of wank. And he said I'd have to be a little more informative than that. And I said, it's a big pile of wank featuring Colin Baker. And he said, no, you're still going to have to be more informative than that. So here we go. There's some mining place back in some time and the Rani's there and she's extracting stuff out of people's heads so that they can't sleep because the chemical is useful to some planet where she's enslaved minions or something. I don't know. And well, I do know, but you know, I'm being overly irreverent here because I didn't like it very much. And uh, then the master is also kicking around. So it's kind of like one big time more party. Woohoo! And um, yes, he 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 is trying to um, be a bit of a pain in the butt. There's a meeting of some general group of geniuses, you know, Faraday, those kind of dudes. And uh, it's possibly you know, one of the vaguest worst master plans ever, actually, which is saying something. It really it is. Really is it saying really something. Is. He's just, vague plans of. I'm really just doing this to annoy the doctor by this stage. Yeah, yeah. Feels. There's there's a there's a collective of geniuses going on. They've just all gotten together because you know they're geniuses and hey, that they're means chilling, they should hang. Yeah. Homies, chilling with the homies, having the brew. Hey, you're taking over my plot synopsis. Inventing the steam engine. Damn it, damn it, damn it. But um, yes, anyway, so they're all getting together and uh, he wants to kidnap their superior intelligence to take over the Earth and so he sort of strong arms the Rani into helping him get rid of the Doctor so they could carry out their diabolical schemes and Perry whines a lot and the Doctor stops it and that's about it pretty good actually. Yes, exactly. That's actually one of your better plot synopses is I think you covered most of the points. Except of course, the tree won't hurt you, which is something we'll get to later. It's from a difficult era in Doctor Who's history. It's not great. It's not the worst from that time, but it's not it's just doesn't feel like much of anything really. It should be better. It has two Time Lord enemies instead of just one, but it doesn't work. And the only real positive I can think of off the top of my head at least is the Rani. Great villainous has appeared in some appalling stories. It might yes. actually be why people always seem to want her to come back so that she can be written into a decent story. No, and I would be very firmly in that camp. I like the character of the Rani. I like her scientific coldness, and I like the fact that she's almost sort of beyond good and evil. In fact, she doesn't even really have ethical considerations. All she's interested in is the science. And it, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting character. It really is. And I triply like the fact that a character like this is played by a female because traditionally um, characters with those sorts of uh, personality traits do tend to be portrayed by males. It's, it's very rare that you get such a cold and unfeeling female character and I think that uh, she plays it very well. And I really like the character of the Rani, which is why this story pisses me off once again, because it, it, she's just, oh, it's, it's, it's such a waste, you know? It's such a waste of what could have been a really great story okay. for her. Do you, do you prefer Time and the Rani or Dimensions in Time to this? Oh, you bastard. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, no, it's a fair enough point. But, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I might, I'm, I might have to, like, dip... Uh, dip into the murky realms of fan fiction and start writing the Rani, the stuff that maybe she possibly deserved. And, and that's giving myself a very inflated um, opinion of my own abilities, but I still think I could have done a better job than in most of the stories she's been in. You're suggesting you're a better writer than Pip and Jane Baker? Yes, I'm definitely a better writer than Pip and Jane Baker. 
<laughs> most of us are. Okay, well, because it's not just the writing in this, it's the master. Yes. Now, I like the master. I like Anthony Amy. But the Colin Baker era was particularly bad for the master as a character. Because, first of, he plays, well, he plays second fiddle to the Rani in this. Yes. And um, it is nice the way she kind of mocks the master, but at the same time, it does kind of weaken him. Like, she does get the wonderful line about, oh, what's he doing or something devious? He'd get dizzy if he tried to walk in a straight line. Which is another positive, very good line. And like, his plan is just a bit, I'm just going to get these dudes, the, these uh, Industrial Revolution dudes together, and we're going to like make this planet awesome, and then I'm going to use it to take over the world. He's like, really? With steam? You're going to yes. take over the universe with steam engines? Nice idea. And it, it just, it's so vague, it's almost like he's done it just to annoy the Doctor. And in fact, he even brings the Doctor there so he can be villainous towards him. Yes. I do apologise if you can hear the sounds of the garage, uh, dear, dear listeners, but I can't be bothered to pause every time they start up and just consider it a true sign of our gloriously amateur approach to these things. We are fabulously DIY. Much like the original series. <laughs> and yeah, he just isn't, you know, it weakens him. And then, because after this, the next, his next appearance in the Colin Baker era is, of course, Trial of the Time Lord, where he pretty much has to deal with the Valyard, who is basically the Master, because the Valyard is an evil version of the Doctor. Yes. But surely, an evil version of the Doctor is the Master. And again, he's just playing second fiddle. And it's, I mean, thank God that actually that wasn't his la- uh, last story for the original series. You know, thank God he had survival, which is a brilliant return to form for him. And this is actually something I, I have watching this. I, again, I'm not, I don't dislike Colin Baker. I think he had a potential to be a very good Doctor, but I think he had a script editor who I think gave up caring about the Doctor character back around Resurrection of the Daleks, possibly before that. He, he had BBC indifference to the show, and he had some pretty appalling scripts. And they had some interesting ideas, like the idea of making his Doctor more arrogant and and colder that's fine i don't actually have a problem with that it just doesn't quite work and as i was saying to you if you look at the stuff he's done with big finish it's a lot better because he isn't arguing all the time he isn't being so arrogant that you dislike him as a viewer that's it i think that sometimes he does come across as very dislikable and of course there have been times in the past with various doctors where he has shown personality traits that are quite negative and and, and they do take you aback but at the same time that's juxtaposed with the other parts of his uh, character whereas whereas colin baker is just consistently his doctor is consistently quite um i find dislikable and also i mean the whole thing just had a I was watching it and I thought, this feels stale. Yes, it didn't it, quite feel like an episode of Doctor Who to me. Uh, uh, that's curious. How do you mean? Because it did, it even, did not feel like Doctor Who to me. Cause from just... the start, even from the start, um, uh, the, the establishing shots, they were um, of the village and the mining village mm. and the way it was uh, panning across and all the rest of it. It looked like the start of some sort of film or, or something well, to do with... a bad thing, No, that's say. not a bad thing, but it just... Uh, compared to the rest of the uh, era, I don't think that uh, it, it felt like an episode of Doctor Who. Well, it, was, it was quite a strange uh, little episode, I think. I'm just trying to think. It's the only one that take, of this series that takes place in the past. Or at least our past. Yes. Um, I think all the others... Attack of Cybermen has some uh, contemporary Earth scenes. But generally, there aren't many set on, this Earth, set on Earth in this uh, season at all, actually, now I think about it. Uh, I'm not sure about Time Lash, I actually haven't seen it, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it, because I love poor Darrow. Um, I thought you said I love porn then, I was about to say that's a bit explicit for this. <laughs> no, it's really not, um, <laughs> compared to what you say half the time. But 
No, it just felt a bit stale. I was there and I was actually thinking, oh, can't you be Sylvester McCoy yet? Or something. Oh, can't, can't, <laughs> can't and Andrew Cartmel come in and just, just make this a bit more interesting for me? I, I, I should say now, um, as you'll probably realise when we do Ghost Light in a couple of episodes time, I fucking love Sylvester McCoy. It harks back to uh, a previous podcast we did, but now I'm just imagining you in bed with Colin Baker whispering in his ear, I wish you were Sylvester McCoy. Um, no, that, that, that's that's an image that's going to haunt me <laughs> to my grave. Oh, it's an image that's going to make me smile when I need it. Does have one of those classic dot two moments though, when um, the Rani suddenly pulls off her rubber mask, and yes. that, that's such a. Cla- I mean, that, that's more of a master thing in the seventies of, haha, I look really like this other person. Now I ripped off my mask. I look, and this mask looks really unconvincing and rubbery. Yes, <laughs> and I, I do love those moments. You presume some kind of Gallifrey. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a very good one uh, like that actually in uh, City of Death. Oh yeah, yeah. Where, where, yeah, the, the man off. takes off his uh, human mask, and suddenly he's got this great big tentacly alien head underneath, and this very bad-looking, yeah, um, bad-looking mask. Yeah, it's, I, I do love those moments of ah, how, did, how did you fool any unit guard with this? It looks like crap. <laughs> but yeah. also, I, I don't know a lot about nineteenth-century um, fashion, but I'm fairly certain people weren't wearing bright yellow dresses like Perry seemed to insist on doing. I, oh, I God, presume that little jacket thing she was wearing is absolutely disgusting. I, I, I presume the Sixth Doctor picked that one out for her because it. it Oh, perhaps to destroy attention away from him. I tell you what, every Colin ba- every time he walks onto the screen wearing his doctor costume, in my head I start singing Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yes. Like every time he shuts his mouth, I'm mentally going, ah. But th- then again, there's a great moment where he goes to disguise himself to um, go to the Rani's bathhouse. And he's like, ah, I've dirty up my face. I've changed my coat. You're still wearing your bright yellow trousers, Colin. And You're your still- red shoes. And your or- orange. You ain't orange fooling shoes. no peasants. And it's just like, how, how is this a disguise? Actually, something I was wondering about this, because the idea is that the Rani's been uh, extracting this chemical for sleep for at least for a while in this, vi- this village. I mean, she says she's been doing it throughout history. But the, the way that people talk, this has been happening for a while. And you think, didn't anyone realise that every time anyone went to the bathhouse, they came out amazingly aggressive? Wouldn't that have been, by now, after a few weeks, every single miner in the village? Because it's not that big a village. No. No, that, that's a very good point, although saying that I can overlook that in light of the other glaring problems with the story. Um, I, I will say one thing for this story, particularly given the uh, the context of the series, it ta- uh, the, uh, series 22? 22, isn't it? Yes, it's series 22. At least the Doctor doesn't A, fire a gun, or B, vi- violently kill someone on purpose or accidentally in a fist fight, which is quite good. <laughs> I mean, I would love a, a, a Series 22 to think if they'd all been like Revelation of the Daleks, that would have been great. But, you know, they're not. You know what? I feel like something is missing. We're like, you know, about 12 minutes through this entire blog and I haven't made one hand gesture. No, this is true. I'm doing it now. It's, 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 like, it's like you're doing... Um, Oh, what's the word? You sign language for people for this podcast. Unfortunately, yeah, we're not no a video podcast, as I keep telling you. <laughs> I mean, I, I, in some ways, I don't want to sit here and just rip apart the plot points and stuff that doesn't make sense because I, I always thought with, the, with this we should try and be a bit better than that and and, and, really and try and praise the things because it's easy to go. Oh, Colin Baker's coat is horrible. Oh, that's a bit crap. It's, it's like why well, I, I, I very rarely will criticise a visual effect because I've always thought they're trying their best, they're limited resources. So tell me what you liked about this episode then, Adam. <laughs> I said I like, I, I like you, I like the Rani, I like the idea of a 
amoral time lord. She's not really interested in conquest. I mean, she does run this one particular planet, but you imagine that's probably for that's experiments. Yeah. Experiment, yes. and, and she only really joins with the master because it would help her science. I, I did like her TARDIS. I liked the uh, design of her TARDIS console. Yes, and she had the cool spinny thing in the middle. Because it, it felt more sophisticated than the Doctor's, which it should, you know, it should do. And because it, it, it was more minimalist, actually, the console was. There was yes. a lot less controls on it and smaller. No, it, it did It did have a, quite a scientific feel to it, which is nice. It was a nice uh, bit of design. Although, saying that, what was with um, the bits at the end where um, uh, the Rani's TARDIS has a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex embryo inside it? And then at the end, um, when the Doctor has uh, programmed her TARDIS to uh, fly far, far away and take her and the master with it. And it's and uh, the Tyrannosaurus Rex busts out and starts growing. And um, I was just watching that thinking, what is this? You know, we're right at the end of the episode. What, what, what's the dinosaur adding to this? It's, it's just there. Like, yeah, I suppose it's to, to, to say, oh, will they survive? This is something that the master turns up and in Planet of Fire, you know, we see him kind of being burnt to death. And, yes. And the runner goes, weren't you burnt to death? And he goes, ha-ha, I am invincible. The whole universe knows it. And that's, that's not explanation. <laughs> that, and it's a trouble in 80s uh, Master stories in general. He kind of, we keep seeing him die at the end of every, every, every episode, or at least something happens to him that indicates he is dead. And he just comes back and there's never an explanation. And it's just slightly piss-poor storytelling, I think. It's, it doesn't make him seem uh, mysterious or cool. It just makes it seem like he can't be bothered to tell people. And it's like, you know, because Roger Delgado, he he would be defeated or he'd disappear, but you'd always kind of know what had happened or why it happened. And yeah, it just, it always irritates me. Well, while we're on the subject of um, uh, uh, Doctor Who costumes that might have had inspiration from stolen from other places, don't you think the master looked rather Blackadder-esque? Because uh, well, he's been wearing that since, yes, I technically, yes. end of Keeper Trarkin, which would have been 1980. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah actually, it might okay. predate it. Oh, no, it definitely predates Blackadder. But it's not a great... The Penguin suit is not a great no, costume. I mean, I always said, I, my, my favourite mask story is survival. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing that one one day. But if nothing else, it gives him a... It gives Anthony Ailey a really nice costume, a far better costume that suits him. I, I can understand it kind of because it's partly a Trarkin costume, so, but it, it's a problem with... The John Nathan Turner's life is certain characters never change their clothes, even particularly during the mid mid eighties and, and Davis and stuff as well. You know, you just think the people must have stunk because they didn't. They only seem to have one set of clothes. You know, actually, there was another. Uh, I, I know that I'm only saying negative things here, but there was one thing that really, really bothered me about this. It's, uh, what was the name of the um, hot ginger dude? Luke. Luke, that was the one. And uh, I, have, I have a thing for hot ginger people. Um, yeah, anyway, hot ginger dude. And they spend some time setting up um, his character. Um, they explain that he is the son of one of the miners who seems to have uh, gone a bit to Lally. Um, mm. But he's always been a very intelligent sort and the sort of rich dude in the uh, villages taken him on and, and taken him under his wing and, and made sure he's had a good education, etc. And then the master feeds him a like mind control maggot. And then... Uh, isn't, isn't it one isn't it of the, the slug from, from Star Trek Two, the Wrath of Khan? <laughs> Um, uh, maybe, but anyway, he feeds him that, and then he just goes a bit evil, um, and then he steps on a 
explosive device that the Rani created, and he just blows up. No, 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 no. He doesn't blow up. Well, no, okay. He, he turns into a tree. He turns into a tree. But it's, it leads to the single best moment, actually. I, why, why are we talking about negatives? We've forgotten about the single best <laughs> moment in this entire story, where this place is covered in these tree mines and, and, and Lucas turned into a tree and Perry's kind of walking innocently in the in 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 the um forest and the tree kind of grab uh, grows around and grabs her and the doctor who is with the Master and the Rani at the time goes, Perry, it's it's okay something like I can't, I'm, The I'm tree pain. won't hurt the you The tree won't hurt you. And I think Colin Baker delivers that line absolutely straight. Yes. I, I you know, he doesn't even flicker and it's I remember when I first time I watched it, because I only got the D V D recently and this is the second time I watched it was today with you. And I just laughed. I couldn't I cracked up at that. I could not stop laughing. No, the first and, time I saw that episode, but it was even some better, years ago actually. Even better, but... then he turns to the Rani and goes, Ha, this proves there's more thing in more things in heaven and earth than in your philosophy. It's this moving tree, it's just proven that human beings have souls and are wonderful. It's brilliant. Yes, because brilliant. I think the point was is that um uh, Tree Luke um saved Perry from uh, a tree fate herself. It, it was very, very, very bizarre. It really was. But I just thought it was a bit of a shame because they had this, like, you know, nice, quite hot, you know, sort of sympathetic character. Um, it just goes boom and turns into a tree. That's, I mean, to be fair, that's kind of standard to an extent. You build these characters up, you kill them. I mean, I've always said people... But there was my, no... My argument to people always go, isn't it a kid's programme? Is, 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 if it is a kid's programme, it's got the highest body count of any children's programme ever. It, it, it's, there was no sort of emotive He's not really built up that much, though, is he, really? To be fair, he's not built up a hell of a lot. It, it, there was that line about his father's a mine and he's been taken on as a kind of... Uh, Apprentice type to the Lord or a progeny or whatever. No, no, he wasn't built up like a main character or anything, but he, several points um, uh, during the story um, by several different characters, you know, attesting that he's a good one and he'll go on and he'll do well. In fact, I think that, the that, owner that, of the. Um, that's uh, Pip and Jane Baker doing tragedy because he was going to. Because oh. Stevenson goes, he'll outshine me. And at that point, you know, you're so doomed. You're so, so doomed. <laughs> you should have seen the it's, eyes that Adam just gave when he said the word tragedy. They went big and massive. It's pathos, I think. I don't want to be misusing the term because, you know, I'm not written by Pip and, Pip and Jane Baker. But yeah, you know, it's tragedy. It's, 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 it's boo-hoo. Can, can you please say tragedy and make your eyes go massive and wide again? Uh, no. I mean, another problem I have with this story, I am trying to think of positive things to say, and it's not actually my least favourite of the original series, but to be fair. But it's so meh. It, it is very meh. meh I mean, it doesn't even build up to a climax. Because if you think about it, it just kind of ends. The, yes. The Master and the Rani run away into the, the Rani's Tardis, and it's been booby-trapped, but there's no grand, big final confrontation between the Doctor and them. They just kind of have a bit of a shitty trap in the mind that fails to do anything, and then they just... Bugger off. And it is the thing I was going to say earlier, actually. The Doctor goes, ah, oh, their TARDIS will go off to the end of the universe, other end of the universe thing. And because Perry's like, won't they come back here? And he's like, no, no, they'll go to the end of the universe. I'm thinking, time machine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it can just come back. Then, yeah, they yeah. can literally come back. They might take five years going one direction, but they can come back about 10 seconds after they leave, particularly as the Rani's TARDIS, you presume, is a lot more reliable than the Doctor's. So, yeah, yes. this is a, he seems to. Gloss over the fact that they have a you know a time machine. 
But this, this is the thing. It's just uh, I've actually watched this episode uh, twice before uh, we watched it. Uh, the first time was obviously the first time, and then the second time I had to watch it again because I was thinking to myself, it can't be as bad as I remember. And and it's got the Rani in it. I really like the Rani. What? And and I had to watch it again just to affirm the fact that I did find it completely meh. So seriously, do you like time and the Rani? We've made this point already. I know, I, but I'm just I'm just curious because it, it, it's interesting liking a character who's never been in a good story. That no, I but... am fond of Time of the Rani because it was the first VHS Doctor that I ever bought myself. Well, the thing is, is that I um, love Sylvester McCoy even when he's bad. She it is an interesting character. It honestly is, and and I really would have her so high up there on my characters to bring back list. Oh, also what made me funny is the master managed in each episode to say the mark of the Rani while looking yes. at Sunday's neck just, just to reinforce why it was zooms. just reinforce why it's called that because the uh, people the chemical she extracts from their brains from their brains have a small red mark on, which case gets bigger randomly and yeah the master looks at it in both episodes and goes mark of the Rani it's like yeah we know it, it was it was in big words at the beginning yeah no I, I think that the master has a little bit of a crush in this one do you, do you think he, do, he does admire the Rani I mean I don't know he if does that, that's about like, as close as the master is I was ever gonna going say, to like, get to like being all like true, yeah marry me like all true um, you know sociopaths or psychopaths I don't know if he's capable of love apparently it was planned in uh, the original series 23 that um they were going to bring back the Mars and the Rani together. So there's also this idea of keeping them as a double act. Again, I'm not... No, I I'm don't not, like that. Yeah, because again, like I've said previously, it does weaken the master. He becomes just like comedy sidekick, almost. And I do have such respect for the Rani. She's she's an interesting one, because uh, uh, at the same time, she's while she's villainous, she's not evil you know she does have the potential to also utilize her oh i can't believe i'm saying this it sounds so corny but powers for good but she, she wouldn't because she doesn't have any sense of good she's just well that, any that's sense it of good or evil. even it's, she wouldn't necessarily yeah she wouldn't really she, i'm not saying that she would do it because she thought it was the right thing to do but she you know uh, i mean okay here's a question if they if they bring the runny back in the new series would you like to see her played by kate O'Mara? Who does do a lovely performance as, as the Rani. Um, she does do a lovely performance as the Rani. The but, thing that disturbs me somewhat is that she looks almost the same today as she did when that episode went out. But just a little more like an autumn. I was going to refrain from saying that on the off chance that she or somebody she knows uh, might mm. be listening to this blog, which I know is about one in a billion, million, trillion to one, but you know, it's it's uh yeah. Um, she, she, she it it would be kind of strange in a time traveling program to have a character who didn't seem to change at all. <laughs> oh, that's true. I suppose because of all this is one thing about time lords. It's easy to bring them back with a different actor because you have regenerated. Yes. Like a uh, Barusa, every time he was in the story, he was played by a different actor. It indicates that he must have been very accident prone as he got through a lot of lives in quite a short space of time. Oh, I should apologise. I just realised I've been randomly like clicking my pen on, uh, banging my pen on things. So you're probably going to be hearing throughout this podcast, kind of like. I'm very sorry about that. I'm not going to go back and edit it all out because I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> and it might probably cut across interesting things people are saying. So I, I've done some pretty dodgy editing jobs, and this people? As it is. Which people? It's just you and me here, and we're well, talking absolute bollocks as per usual. <laughs> and oh, I've seen another negative point. The mustard gas trap. They're like, oh god, get gas masks. You're like. 
The door's open. It's just over. Walk out. Why are you hanging around? Just just go out the room. Come back when it's over. You're and not trapped. Also, the door doesn't come down. As I also pointed out, um, uh, mustard gas would probably burn their skin. You know, just mm. saying. Just saying. It's 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 a. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised to hear that Pip and Jane Baker had lived through the war. <laughs> so they should probably know that. Yeah, you don't have to... Oh, I thought you were going to pat me in a patronising fashion then. No, I'm sure they probably didn't live through the war, but, you know. I don't know. Let's, let's find out. We can... Um, it, it's interesting, because... I, I think they used to write for Jerry Anderson. I just said it's interesting, didn't I? Damn. <laughs> they used to write for Jerry Anderson, and I sometimes think they forget they forgot that they weren't still writing for puppets. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really hope that Pip and Jane Baker aren't listening to this. Listen, They're guys. old. They wouldn't have the internet. Listen, guys, if you are listening to this, it's, it's it's not that we think you're shit. It's just that we think your talents perhaps were probably better suited to a format other than Doctor Who. They, they wrote What on Earth. Did, did, did you ever see What on Earth? You might have been too young. There's a series about, uh, children's BBC series about an alien on Earth, I, I remember. Huh. <laughs> well, there you go, fact fans. And they used to write for Space 1999. Oh, I thought you said spaced for a moment there. I was about <laughs> to choke on the bourbon that I'm already thinking about eating. But they, yeah, you have Space 1999, which is one of those classic examples of Jay Anderson. Great theme tune, meh series. <laughs> but awesome theme tune. You know, I used to get into trouble because I used to pretend that I was uh, Earth Under Bear Puppet in my head. Just sit there and move my hands up and down over imaginary things and say, yes, my lady. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with Doctor Who whatsoever. No, I think times we're running out of things to say. Um, okay, in, yeah, in, in, like I say, I could actually have just uh, uh, stopped at my original plot synopsis, which is, it's a bit shit, and that would actually have done perfectly. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a wasted opportunity. It's a good character. I mean, it's a potential. See, actually, that's something I want to say. It's a potentially interesting setting. But I never quite work out why just making the people more aggressive would automatically make them Luddites. Why would they automatically go and attack machinery? Yes. There's no reason for that. Why not go and attack, well, frankly, their wives or people around them? Or they're just... You secret wife beater. No, no, I'm just saying. Okay, what I mean is there's no... In the story, there's no build-up to there being any resentment towards the machines. Yes. Do you know what I mean? There's no build-up to this. It's only just like, machines, ah, fuck you, spanner, and... (laughs) start bashing it. I will just say this as well, um, um, I got told off by Adam because uh, I said that uh, I, I actually had placed uh, this particular episode as, as being in Wales because I thought that the uh, characters were speaking Welsh or, or their accents were Welsh. Geordie, they're blatantly Geordie, I think. Yeah. They're very Northern. So uh, Yeah, so I apologise for my absolutely useless grasp uh, of accents. I'd, I'd make a biker grove joke, but a, I'm far too southern, and B, I know we actually have some listeners who aren't English and wouldn't have grown up with Biker Grove and would have no idea what we were talking about. What? You mean they don't know PJ and Duncan? Blessed as they are. No, I don't think so. Spuddy and blind. That would, oh God, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> I'm completely cutting Please that out. Please don't cut that out. Uh, Artists must deserve that. <laughs> I can't believe I just made a PJ and Duncan Biker Grove reference on a Doctor Who podcast. Um... <laughs> Uh. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in an attempt to find more things to say about this. I'm actually just going to flick for into my handy discontinuity guide and see if they have, if the guys have anything interesting to say about it. That you'll be able to hear the pages turning on the podcast, probably. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can. Look, you can see it. Yeah, the little, 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 little things, little, little bumps appearing on the programme. Well, they seem to quite like it, actually, but um, rather, they say altogether rather more impressive than his reputation. God knows what his reputation must have been. Like. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, I guess that's it, really. Yep. Okay, well, uh, next episode we'll be looking at our first Christopher Eccleston and our first Dalek story Yay. called Dalek. Oh my god, I'm so totally psyched for Dalek. Well, actually, I'll save that for the next podcast, but yeah. Big excitement. If you want to contact us, you can email us at nakedscarf at gmail.com. You can check our Tumblr, which I don't update that often, really, at nakedscarf.tumblr.com. But I will try to. We've got to think, think of more stuff to put on that, actually. Yeah. Maybe our random little rants and, and pictures of naked people wearing Doctor Who scarves. Yeah, I'm really not behind this campaign of yours. <laughs> Let, let's never mention it again. Uh, and also, something that we, uh, we're we quite active with, or I am because I'm the guy who does it, is Twitter. And you can follow us at, at Naked Scarf. I'm active with Twitter, just active. not do you wanna, that one. Do you want to give your... Uh, Twitter account? Uh, no, you, you can find me though. I'm I'm following um, us on the uh, Twitter thing, and so if you're ingenious enough, and you can recognise my profile picture. I've got like red curly hair, and, and you know. I like the way you're like. I'm not going to tell you, but I give you a severe hint on how they can find me. Yeah, but I'd be like a sense of achievement when they do. Anyway, uh, that's all. Take care, folks. Mm-hmm.